1: uh January 29 2019 it has been 2 months since we have done any content um for a variety of reasons lots of life changes lots of things going on but we're here um gearing up for WrestleMania season gearing up for uh news on all elite wrestling gearing up for uh G1 special in Madison Square Garden um we've got quite a bit I think to talk about, um, we, we haven't really, uh, I mean, a lot happened in that time we were off. Yeah. And the hits keep
0: coming. I was reading earlier today that some major stuff might be going down, uh, as we get closer and closer to the arrival of uh, all elite wrestling. So it's a very exciting time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we talk first? Um, cause this was the breaking news of the day. And I think even more so than the Royal rumble and raw, we should probably go with this um dean ambrose apparently has uh, turned down a contract uh to continue with wwe and it looks like he'll be finishing up after mania in april uh this was reported by the torch um wade keller and it was it was interesting to me for a few reasons number one most of the reporting these days gets done by Meltzer. Keller doesn't break a lot of scoops so much as he gives editorials. And I I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's what we, Patrick and I do. Uh, (laughs) But he, but what Meltzer actually said something today on, on uh, wrestling observer radio, he was talking about, uh, he, he, he doesn't doubt that it's true if Keller reported it, but the, he he didn't hear a lot of people talking about it on Raw, which was odd. So, I think at first glance, I think it's probably correct. However, the conspiracy theorist in me gets a little uh, gets my like antennas up when I see um, when I see Ambrose sit down in the chair and say, you know, when I sign my WWE contract, and then he gets cut off and they do the Nia Jax thing. I I, I wonder if it's kind of like working the internet. And it's a CM Punk's type situation where they're going to try something big with him or if it's really what it is. But if it's me and Dean Ambrose is leaving and you're going to put him in a program with Nia Jax, which seemed to be what they were going for. Why even have him like get on the mic and even say something about like his contract? I thought that was curious. But let's proceed with this based on the fact that, oh, this is correct. Um that's pretty big news. That's huge news.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And these are the type of stories that I think back in the back in the days of yore, during the Monday Night Wars period, we kind of took this stuff for granted because it happened every other week, it seems. Somebody was jumping or there was talks that so-and-so was going to renew his contract and go to the other company and various other things. And ever since the announcement that All Elite Wrestling was starting up, I feel like there's a lot more of that, excitement again where it's like oh could somebody jump could this person sign could this person uh, could WWE get this person under contract there's these other reports coming out that WWE is offering guys more money and they're telling guys hey show us an offer that you got we guarantee we'll top it and various other things like that so um this probably unless you're Chris
1: Jericho then they won't top it
0: yeah exactly (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But uh, this is one of those headlines, probably more so than any other uh, bit of news we've gotten so far, that kind of makes things a little bit more exciting. It'll be a fun guessing game until April when uh, Ambrose's contract is supposedly up. But, man, I mean, that is that is a
1: huge loss to WWE, if it's true. I agree. And, you know, we... uh... Let me say something on Dean Ambrose and Patrick and I have given him shit in the past few years for like offense that like doesn't look great and and that's not so much been the case since he's returned but but you know there what was he coasting was he not pushing himself and maybe that's true but there's the other side of the coin and that's the fact that they have continually mishandled his character mm-hmm. since since he's really, um, I would say after his Rollins feud, like from his Bray Wyatt feud onward, Dean Ambrose has not been handled with the kind of care that you would expect a star of his caliber to be handled with. Um, I remember the Brock Lesnar feud was, did not help at all. Uh, the Bray Wyatt feud was not good. Um, slotted down to the intercontinental title level. Um, and not in a way that makes him seem like a big deal like they did with Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins when they had the U.S. or Intercontinental titles, but just a way that, like, you don't really matter. Never really giving him a featured match at WrestleMania for many years. Um, he was a lot of times in multi-person ladder matches. And I, I want to point out, and people people forget things, I think, very easily in this business And um, in, in talking about it. Uh, And they're always like, oh, you know, Roman Reigns, he's such a such a superstar for them. He's such a you know, such a big deal. I want to point out there was a story um, about two years ago, two or maybe three years ago. Dean Ambrose's house shows were outdrawing Roman Reigns's house shows. And Dean Ambrose was headlining the B-loop. So once again, this was a guy that. Despite not being given the spot of Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins was capable of delivering on that level, regardless of how I felt about his ring work. I mean, he was one of their big stars. And I think he continues to be one of their big stars. And it's very, it, it, it's interesting to me because apparently the reason that he is dissatisfied is because he, he doesn't like hokey stuff. He wanted to be kind of a vicious heel. Um, and they kind of ruined that. And He doesn't want to do it anymore. And I know a lot of people have said, you know, this sounds more like a CM Punk thing as opposed to a revival thing. But you know, I I wonder if if I'm, you know, Cody and Jericho and the cons and I say, Hey Dean, why don't you be a psychopath heel for us? You'll be the you'll be the top guy. You'll be like our main heel. Like, why not do that? And I mean, I, I feel like if if he's creatively stifled right now i mean what if what if kenny omega does sign which i expect him to and you can have a a john moxley kenny omega main event program i mean that'd be a big fucking deal oh, you know so like i i have always said that dean ambrose reminds me of scott hall i think he's like that level of star like like scott was never the top guy but he was like one of the top three guys and i think you can make the argument that, sure. that as far as the males, you know, Dean's like up there, um, and I wonder if his defection in 2019 is going to be similar to Scott Hall's defection in 1996.
0: Uh, that's a very interesting comparison, and uh, again, we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. I'm already let me put it this way: I'm already doubly excited for Double or Nothing just to see what the hell happens
1: on that show. I mean, you've got the opportunity. If everything pans out exactly, comes up aces for them, you potentially have a show. And once again, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I'm just saying like, if everything falls out for them exactly how they want it, you've got a show with Jericho, Kenny Omega, Cody, the Young Bucks, Adam Page, Dean Ambrose, I, I mean, like, it, it, it could be a huge show, and apparently, like, I mean, I don't expect AJ Styles to go to AEW, I do not, um, but, yeah. I mean, there's a guy there, I mean, like, it. I know there's been reports out there, and I know people say these things every four months so they can get website clicks, but, like, I would be on the phone with CM Punk every day saying, hey, do you want to stick it (laughs) to Vince and Hunter? Because this is how you can stick it to Vince and Hunter. um, And you're going to get a shitload of money. Um, I would be doing that. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely on February 7th, um, 9 p.m. going to be intently listening to that ticket announcement so I can get my tickets for uh, Double or Nothing. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so so that's that's huge, and it was interesting too, Patrick, because I wonder how far back this discussion goes, because when I saw the Royal Rumble, I'm like, oh, I feel like Dean's gonna be like in the in the final four, and then he got oh, yeah. eliminated by Aleister Black, which I mean, Aleister Black is great, and I think he's a superstar, and I think he will be a superstar, but he is on NXT. Um, I was just like, huh, and now if they had known this beforehand, then maybe that's the reason.
0: Yeah. It wasn't so much that he was eliminated by Aleister Black. It just felt like he was an afterthought like, Oh, he's gone now. Bye. And uh, it's not like to use another comparison. When Maven eliminated the undertaker all those years ago, that felt like, Oh my God, that was a huge moment. And um, it, it was very interesting to me too, that Dean Ambrose felt like he was just kind of being brushed underneath the rug. And maybe that's part of why that, yeah, uh, these discussions have been going on.
1: Yeah, and, and you that's know, the
0: exciting thing about AEW though, where it gives power back to the wrestlers again, and that's something that uh, the business has been sorely lacking since the fall of WCW. Um, it's nice that the boys and the girls have the ability to, like, you know, actually get what they're worth. A little bit. What?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, like, it's nice that they're able to get what they're actually worth.
0: Yeah. Oh, sure.
1: Absolutely. Because quite frankly, for so long, it's been a situation where they've been incredibly undervalued as far as revenues go. And yeah, it it's um. yeah, a, a, absolutely. Um, why don't we chat about the Royal Rumble then? Um, did you watch the Is show? Is that show still going? What?
0: Is that show still going?
1: It was a really long show, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> and I didn't even watch the pre-show. I was like, holy – I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a pay-per-view uh, – well, not since last year's Mania – or last year's Rumble, sorry – where there were two hour-long matches on the same show. And it's like, oh, my God. This thing is it, – it got to be an endurance test after a while. Not that the show is terrible. It's just too long, yeah. too much stuff. Yeah, you could have uh, cut the show off right after Becky won and you'd have been fine, probably.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and I thought um, I thought it was a good show. Um, but like you said, I thought it was way too long. I thought mm-hmm. you should probably have one rumble. If you're going to do the two rumbles for now until forever, you should have one at the beginning of the show and one at the end of the show. Like the fact that they're too close, like it almost makes them both feel less special. So I would mm-hmm. space them out like that. Um, it was really long, and I, I also didn't watch the pre-show. Um, that said, I thought there were a lot of good things on the show. Um, uh, initial thoughts, and and I we can get yours as well. Um, I was underwhelmed by Becky and Oscar. I actually didn't really like it very much. Um, I I thought I thought the uh, Miz and Shane versus the Bar match was stupid, but it was also <laughs> somehow fun at times. So, I don't know. It, it's dumb, and I, I, Shane looks like an idiot, but there were things I liked. About, I don't know. It's whatever. Um, I, I, I'll I, be honest. I, I thought the Daniel Bryan-AJ Styles match was so boring.
0: Oh, yeah. It, well, it, it suffered from the same problem that Undertaker and Brett did back in 96. It's like, all right, you're following the Rumble, guys.
1: Have yeah, fun. yeah. Um, which was always weird, because it wasn't like they needed to... They could have ended with the Rumble in 96. You know, they didn't have to... It would have
0: been like, better if they did. Oh, you know why they did? Because they Diesel turned. Under, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's why yeah. they did that. That sucks. Undertaker is the guy that always makes the show... Like, like always makes the, the title match main event the, the Royal Rumble. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: 06 uh
1: 98 yeah another one yeah 96 that's yeah, always
0: his fault yeah um actually 98 was the only year it probably worked
1: yeah 98 was good um uh yeah so i didn't think that was very good i thought finn and brock was great it
0: was um it, You know, Brock seems to work best when he keeps his matches short and sweet and to the point, and that was a short, sweet, and to the point match, and I I dug it.
1: Yeah, I I thought that was um, probably match of the night for me. I like that a lot. Um, I liked both rumbles. There were things I didn't like about each of them, and I guess we can go through that. Um, Mm -hmm. Things that jump out on me with – with, uh, the women rumble, the women's rumble. Number one, I thought there was a lot of comedy that didn't work. Uh, there was some comedy that did, and maybe this has less mileage with, with other people that it did with me. I thought the Hornswoggle Zelina thing was funny. Um, I mean, it came off a little rapey, but overall I thought it was funny. Um, I did not think the Alicia Fox, Maria Kanellis thing was very good at all.
0: I don't, oh God, what was the Alicia Fox movie? They like teamed five? up
1: and then she stomped on her hat and then like it was, that was pretty much it. But it was like this whole, like, it was like this minute bit where they like, it was like for dumb comedy because they were being ridiculous and over the top.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: One thing I will say about both Rumbles, and uh, some people were disappointed by this, but speaking of someone who doesn't watch the Royal Rumble for nostalgia pop, Box. i actually appreciated yeah. that
1: they kept that to a minimum I, I agree the
0: female the women's rumble didn't have
1: any i don't think it did um I'm, I'm gonna look at the um the people in it right now uh yeah no it wasn't like last year when they had like everybody um they had a good mix of like some nxt surprises and they even had rhea ripley from nxt uk um Uh, yeah, no, I, I thought, um, yeah, no, I, they didn't, it seems so good on them. Um, I thought, you know, the right person won. I thought, and that's the thing. And this was a great example of like, the results were predictable, but that doesn't mean it's bad, you know, like I I appreciate surprises, but the people that want that needed to win won.
0: Yeah, when Becky tapped out to Asuka, I was like, oh, she's going to be in the Rumble later. Like, that's that's where this is going, and sure enough, that's pretty much where it went. But don't be surprised if Charlotte gets added to that in a three-way, because I think if they haven't brought it up already, I didn't watch Raw last night, but um, if I think they might do a thing where Charlotte might argue that her substitution was illegal and way too late or whatever, and they might use that to parlay getting Charlotte into the main event at WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, no, I, I um I I fully expect Charlotte to do that. Um and I think they probably should. Um, to be honest, but, I think she had the point. <laughs> yeah, no, and that, that would make sense. Um but yeah, and I thought Charlotte and Becky should have been the last two in there, and I thought that was good. Um, you know, the women's division and I've said this in the past, um, Patrick, but like the women's division is finally at a point that the that the women's revolution all those years ago promised, like they, they acted like it was there when it happened, but really they're like, here's Charlotte, Becky and Sasha. And they're great. And like, but nobody had opinions or points of view or like real feuds. It was just like, it was just like, here's some new people. And, you know, I I think we all knew it was going to take time. You can't just be like, here's women's wrestling. Enjoy it. It's got to have a story. It's got to have a context behind it. And now we've got so much talent and so many different characters that you have this stratified thing where you have top people and you have mid carters and you actually have functioning divisions for these performers. So I, I I thought that was kind of like, you know, you look at Charlotte and you're like, Oh yeah, she's like a top guy, you know? And um, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, no, I, I thought it was good who it came down to. Um, So, you know, for the most part, I, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, no, um, all that stuff was great. And I, like you, I agree with who won both Rumbles. I think, especially with the men's Rumble, I think there was really no other option. I think with the women's Rumble, you could have gone either Becky or Charlotte, depending on which way you were were leaning. But, I mean, Seth, I guess it would have been either Seth or Braun, but Braun seems to be on the outside looking in at this point. I don't know if they've lost faith in him or what, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the boat is... um... Is is left the uh, the harbor with Braun at this point. I think um I think the opportunity that they had with him is now gone. Um he's lost too many times to Brock. I don't think anyone, myself included, believes he can beat him. So I think there's like he's just another guy now, you know? Um and that's what happens when you beat a guy like seven thousand times. <laughs> like there's consequences <laughs> to that. So um I
0: call that the disco principle. The what? The big show principle
1: yeah yeah that's a good one um now i i also I, and so i, I guess we'll, we'll go through the the men's as well here um i general oh, i heard some people say that the elias jeff jarrett stuff dragged and everything i actually enjoyed it i thought especially after coming off like a very intense title match some like levity and like comedy was was in mm-hmm. it was uh, uh it was a good time for that um so i enjoyed it um i don't know why elias is a heel now because i think that's ridiculous i think he's like a good baby face i think he's one of the few good baby faces they actually have and they should have kept he him there over? yeah he got over and then like you didn't see raw the next night but he was he went back to shut your mouths um uh you, like, you people didn't do enough for me it was just like really uh, like there, there was no turn, and then he just like fought Jeff Jarrett and and Road Dogg again. Um, so I, I thought that was um, very questionable. I think Elias is another guy like Braun. If you look back a year and a half and a year and a half ago, you're like, wow, that guy's a superstar. And now they've jerked him around so much that he's like not a big deal. Like it, it is amazing about how. Not big deals. People come become when they're in WWE for a while. Like Elias and Braun get something, and then ah, it's gone. I'm looking down the the list here. You got Nakamura. You got um, uh, who else? Nakamura, who was
0: dressed like Kane, oddly enough.
1: Yes, I kept thinking it was Kane as, as I watched it.
0: Yeah, who was it that did the? I think it was Elias who did the the old school and walked across the top rope. I'm like, this is weird.
1: Yeah, I guess it's like his walk with Elias. I thought it was kind of cool, actually. He went all the way across, which was interesting.
0: Oh, yeah, it just looked like Undertaker was doing old school decay. That's That's just why it was
1: weird. Oh, yeah, 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 I get what you're saying. Um. um so what else do we have here? Um... Yeah. Uh, so, like. Oh. But talking about how nobody get like people just get less over over time being on the main roster, it just makes you wonder. Like. Oh, Alistair Black and Johnny Gargano might come up. How long till they just become other dudes? You know. It, it, it's it's very. Um, it's just so bad for them. Like Drew McIntyre. Like they've done that. Like I think Drew's generally fine. And I think if you work towards, if Seth goes over at Mania. I think you can definitely work towards a Drew and Seth program at SummerSlam. I think that could be a, a big deal. But, like, holy shit. Like, they try to make it so hard not to care about half these people.
0: Yeah, and, I, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but I think part of it is also they've got too much programming. Their pay-per-views are too long. Raw is too long. SmackDown's too long. And I think in trying to fill that just massive amount of content, they just put everybody in every situation imaginable. And by the time they're done with them, they like nothing's consistent and they're overexposed.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I I also, um, I I know you didn't see raw the next night, but um, I I have not watched raw since like November, maybe like I, like (laughs) I stopped watching it. It was just such a fucking waste of time and we we weren't doing the show so i really didn't need to pay attention to it um but they and, and i know like I, I did watch the one when they're like "We're we're gonna admit our show was shitty for a really long time so hey uh the mcmahon's are back and and i saw that i'm like and they're like you're gonna have new matchups a new thing like that's the fucking problem is that the matchups were stale not that nobody means anything or anything like that um Uh, but I did watch the raw and I don't know if they're trying to, I don't know if these are on purpose, but they have a lot of matches that are announced ahead of time. Like at the top of the show, they'll like run them down and they'll, before the commercial break, they'll be like, Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre is up next. It's not like Drew McIntyre comes out and it cuts a promo and then Braun Strowman says, Oh, I want to fight you right here. Now it's like, there's actually scheduled matches Um, they advertise for next week. What?
0: The way it should be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they advertise matches for next week. Like they're doing these um, women's tag team matches and the winning teams get slots in the elimination chamber. And so next week they're like, Oh, it'll be Bailey and Sasha against. um, I don't even know who they're wrestling. Actually. I can't remember. Um, But they're like, that'll be next week. And you're you're like, Oh, okay. So that's something to look forward to. You know, it, it makes the matches mean something because like, like it's not a big fucking deal if it's yokozuna and earthquake like that's not better than like having seth rollins and elias on a show but if you advertise it for two weeks, then you're like, oh, I'm, ex- I'm looking forward to that. You know, it gives people time to give a shit about something. Why do you think the NFL pushed the Super Bowl back two weeks after that, that one time, I think September 11th, they moved it back? It's because they get more time to promote it, more time to build hype. You want to build to things. You want to hype things. Like the thing that people always get confused about is they're like, oh, you're giving away these matches for free. And you're like, well, not really. I mean, it's more or less the fact that you're putting matches that are could be fresh matches and ruining them without any sort of hype or build-up and make them seem like they're absolutely nothing. So you've wasted the matches. That's the problem.
0: Well, a perfect example, back when I first started becoming a fan, Saturday Night's main event was a big deal. And those shows were can't miss. They were free, but and they would always have like some kind of a big match on them, whether it be a Hogan title defense or some major grudge match or something uh, along those lines. But... It was, they felt like they were can't miss because they didn't happen all the time. And all the TV shows surrounding it was all basically squash matches and promos. So they felt like free pay-per-views, even though, you know, they're very similar to how raw is now. It's just that they were a lot more exciting because they were so much more infrequent.
1: Yeah. And that's why it was such a failure when they brought it back in 2006. Oh, like, oh cool. You're going to see Shawn Michaels and Shane McMahon. I can kind of see that on raw. So I don't get what the point is. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, I, but believe it or not, I thought I thought Raw was, and maybe it's because the last shows I saw were so bad, and maybe it's because like it's a post Royal Rumble thing, and maybe it was a lot of things. But I thought Raw was actually a pretty good show. I thought it had like a concise beginning, middle, and end. I thought it felt more like a sports presentation. I felt it, it felt more structured and logical. Um, I, you know agreed with how they did certain things. Um Seth and Dean had a had a match at the beginning of the show, um, which is pretty good. Seth won, um, which he should. I mean, if he's gonna wrestle Brock at, at Mania, they should, you know, keep him pretty much protected, except for Brock, which is the end of the show. He didn't even chew he didn't there wasn't even like a Brock and Daniel Bryan are out here. It's he just went out and kicked Brock and fought him. And I, I did uh, I did hear a lot of people express um, uh i guess not concern or confusion but they, they, they didn't think it was a good idea to have brock beat the shit out of seth and the idea that they said was well hey you know everybody knows that brock's a killer so you don't want to see him kill seth because seth you need to make seth believe people believe that seth can beat him i disagree i mean i i think I think Seth is naturally going to be the underdog character, which they get. I understand that they, they, they get that too. But from that I think perspective, anybody that goes up against Brock is the underdog. So yeah. Yeah. Kind of that by so I don't understand. Like you, you can have him get his ass kicked and build up sympathy that way. Like, I think that's, I think that's fine. And like, we still got like two months before the show. Like you can give them some hope spots in between, but like it's the first night after, you know, there's gotta be a story to tell. So I thought that was fine. Um, I actually thought it was a good ending. They they ended after like the fourth F5. Seth was pulling himself up by the rope saying, is that all you got? And I thought it really made Seth come off as like a can't say die baby face. By the way, this is gonna be amazing because this is gonna be the first WrestleMania where your main uh, faces, uh, on both the men and the women's side are going to be cheered by the audience.
0: <laughs> what a novel concept.
1: It's just like this normal fucking thing. Like, like uh, Patrick, uh, the Becky-Rhonda thing uh, was great. So Becky, for, for those of you listening that that didn't see the show, Rhonda had a, had a good match with Bayley, which I saw a lot of people say, oh, you know, it wasn't very good, it wasn't very good. Um, they botched a ton of stuff and they did, but what Rhonda can do is just make it feel like such a big fucking deal. And she did that there. And now I agree with people that say, oh, you know, Rhonda's raw matches should be like two seconds long and she should kill people. I agree. But I also wasn't the person saying, um, cause I heard Meltzer say this earlier. He's was like, oh, all her matches should be squash matches. I'm like, yeah, they should be. But you're the one who said that her match with Alicia Fox, which went like, Eight minutes for some reason was good. So, like, you know, the idea is like, yes, they should be, but here we are. So that's what we got to deal with. But anyway, Becky came out after the match, said she's picking Rhonda and she wants to take her out. Uh, And Rhonda ripped a killer promo on her where she said that everyone knows that I could kill you with my bare hands and not break a sweat. Um, They were like right in each other's face. It was incredibly intense. It was like, It was it was big money, like just a big deal. And like I'm like, I got that match is going to main event. That's going to be like like the the match. And um, it it looks like I I do think the two top matches, men and women's side of WrestleMania are going to be big deals. I think Seth and, and Brock, judging by how good Brock has been in his past, like three matches or so, and judging by, I think how Seth will do in that spot. That's going to be great. And I think, I think Becky and Rhonda, if it's just Becky and Rhonda is going to be great. Um, but I think you add Charlotte in there. I think that's going to be an awesome match.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels Like you said, it feels nice that the main event at WrestleMania. It's like, Oh yeah, this is, I could actually be excited about this. Where I think the last time that happened was 30 with Daniel Bryan. And even that one, we didn't know that that was going to be a sure thing
1: yeah yeah it's really it's really a weird spot to be in this you know and it's it also doesn't seem like they're going to be rely i could be wrong but it doesn't seem like they're going to be relying a lot on part-timers or guest stars which i think is great like let's put guys and girls that are going to carry your company for the next 10 years in spots to, to get some top, some major experience. Let's see what Seth Rollins can do. Let's see what Becky Lynch can do. Let's see what Charlotte can do. Let's see what, um, you know, Drew McIntyre can do. And I, I, I you know, I think, uh, you know, if Cena comes back and he puts over Drew McIntyre, cause I know the initial plan was Cena and Lars Sullivan. And personally, I think Drew McIntyre is, is much more money than, than Lars Sullivan is. Um, uh, I think if he puts but over Lars Drew has the, a
0: much more marketable name. I mean Lars Sullivan, it just rolls right off the tongue and it starts <laughs> all over it.
1: I think Lars is fine, but I'm like, I wouldn't give him that spot. You know, I think I think Drew would be the guy, like uh, if, if Brock wasn't the champion, I would have that Drew Brock match. And and maybe that's something you could do for next year. But like right. I think um uh you know if Cena put somebody over, like cool. I, I think that would be great. And and maybe McIntyre's the guy they want to do it with. Um but yeah, we've got a lot of you know, there weren't a lot of guest spots here, there weren't a lot of old timers here. It was it was mostly like like current guys. And uh, yeah, I I Well
0: I, I mean was... been it for years now, but you can only rely on Undertaker and Triple H and Shawn Michaels for so long before it just looks before ridiculous. you have what you
1: have a crown jewel.
0: I did not see that match. I heard it was an abortion.
1: Um. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, and it's I am I mean, the biggest I'm the biggest you. Shawn Michaels fan in the world, but Shawn Michaels should never wrestle again. <laughs> He's an old man. He's not like you know. It's like, you know, like age hits you. <laughs> you know, like Undertaker's been awful for a while. People, for some reason, do not want to accept that, but he has. Um. Triple H can go, but when you're surrounded by when you're working with Undertaker and Kane at the age that they're at, it doesn't really matter if you can go or not, because it's that's a Herculean task.
0: Yeah, and Triple H has never been, even at its best, wasn't always capable of carrying everybody. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> So, yeah, if we don't get Undertaker on the card this year, I would be super stoked with
1: that. Apparently there's no plans, which I think would be great. Um, We'll see, I guess. Um, Another another thing to note that I saw some people were annoyed about, I thought was great. um, uh, Particularly, I I saw Meltzer say this. um, So Kurt Angle wrestled Baron Corbin on uh, Raw, and Baron Corbin beat him with a deep six in, like, five minutes or something now. Okay. I, I want to say that I do not think Baron Corbin should be putting, over uh, Kurt Angle should be putting over Baron Corbin, but Kurt Angle should be putting over Drew McIntyre. Kurt Angle should be putting over like Seth Rollins. He should be putting over top guys. Um, but you know, uh, Meltzer was like, you know, I don't like when they do that to the legends. I think they should still be big deals. But like, to me, it's like, uh, that's like in new Japan. Yuji Nagata yeah. is not fucking beating Okada or like someone like that, you know, like they have like Liger and those guys down on the opening match, working with rookies because the idea is that, Oh, you're older and you're not as good as you once were. So you've been like kind of shuffled down the card. Um, I think that's what should happen. You know, it's, it's only natural. I know it probably hurts people to be like, Oh, these people are raging, but like, that's the deal. And, Angle can't work a top schedule anymore. Um, you know, he really should be used to put people over. Should it be just on a raw? Eh, maybe not. Should it be Baron Corbin? Eh, maybe not. But I don't think the idea of it is is wrong.
0: No. And uh, to use the Eugene Nagata example again, um, he can still kind of go even at his age. And he's still putting over guys. and. Uh, working smaller matches on the, you know, you've got Wrestle Kingdoms and Dominions and all the other big shows. And He's typically, if he's on the card at all, he's going to be on like the pre-show or something. And, you know, that's completely fine. And I think Angle is the type of guy that wants to help out the the new generation and help them get over. And, and he feels that that's the best way he can do it, then more power to him.
1: But yeah, I
0: don't have a problem with it, really.
1: Yeah, you know, because I, I look at these, I look at this list of names here. And there's some guys that just should be fucking putting over dudes like Jeff Hardy, um, you know, uh, Shelton Benjamin, um, you know, Titus O'Neil, Kurt Angle. Those are dudes that should be putting over other guys, you know, like I'm not making them my 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 key players. Not, Not at this point, no. Uh now I mean who you haven't put over, I'm looking down this 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 men's list here. That's a different story. I mean, you can probably it, it, like looking at this list, I see guys like Elias, Alistair Black, Dean Ambrose, Drew McIntyre. Uh, those are the guys I would probably more want to put them over. But you know, I, I think it is about finding who the guys that should be put over and having some of the older guys do that. But um now, yeah so, you can
0: follow suit, be in
1: business. yeah 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 so Patrick I guess we should talk about it because it's it's you know all elite wrestling announced um it's out there um what are your uh what are you what are your thoughts
0: uh, initially very optimistic I'm very happy for all the guys involved mainly cody and the bucks and uh, you know they I've said it before they are very Inspiring with their entrepreneurial spirit that they brought to pro wrestling and they just see the three of them uh, And everyone else associated with them. It seems they seem to rub off on everybody too. like Marty got better at being with them and Adam Page got better hanging out with them so uh, What they've been able to do and what they've been able to create. I think it's very exciting um, My initial reaction is very optimistic, but uh, you know running a promotion is also very different from putting on a uh, one show like they did with all in um there's a lot more creatively and financially that needs to go into that and i, I hope that they're ready to do that
1: yeah i uh, i agree I, I think it's like you know we should um temper our expectations but like here's also the thing that um two things that i think work for them and this is me being positive but uh they got two things that are working for them number one money and the cons have money and if you look at promotions that have tried to compete with wwe historically the ones that do the best have a lot of money behind them um wcw had ted turner behind it and turner was willing to put a lot of money into wcw now it wasn't unlimited but you know he, he, he he put quite a bit in there. He kept it afloat. Um, and he believed in it. And, that, and that's, a, that's what it seems the cons both believe in this enterprise. Um, now, Tony, who's a lifelong wrestling fan, he's the, the son of Shahid Khan, uh, he has a sports analytics business as well. And apparently he's going to look at a Sabermetrics type. Um, he's going to have a view based on like analytics towards this and data. And I think that's really smart. I mean, if he's going to look at it from like, oh, here's what people are watching. Here's exactly like I'm going to analyze this data so far beyond what like anyone else does. That could be really helpful. Like what stars are they looking at? We got to push these guys based on this. Like what what angles are working with people? That could be really compelling Um, because God knows Vince McMahon doesn't do that. He just like (laughs) he does whatever he wants to do. um yeah go ahead oh, go ahead Andrew.
0: oh i was just gonna say it's like yeah that's very interesting like the, the type of brain power and financial uh um minds behind everything so far so that's what i think makes this a little bit more interesting than say pna was uh when that was first starting up and they joined up with the carters it was like it didn't and, seem like it had this type of brain trust behind it
1: yeah and the carters did not have I think they did well but I don't think they had any anything near the cons to, uh, what they do. And the cons have a lot of connections in media in distribution and that's going to work really well. I mean because of the, the Yeah, and, and the, the fact is if you, they go to you know a lot of that stuff is about like trust and if they go to to like somebody at Turner or whoever and say hey you know I I believe in this product and putting this in the product like that vouch c- can do a lot for them. So I think that works I I think it's helpful that they have Jericho, um, but, like, you've got to... One of the things that I think WCW did really well during Eric Bischoff's time was the need to, like, just get the talent at all costs. And they got Hogan, and they got Savage, and they got Hall, and they got Nash, and they got... um, like tons of wwe top talent now wcw eventually and uh, actually even before and tna for the most part would take fucking anybody and that gave the the sense to people that oh you know they're wwe rejects etc etc um i think aew should pay for uh, should get wwe stars however what they need to do is pay for top dollar WWE stars. And what I'm talking about is Hogan's contract was like terrible for WCW. They lost a lot of money on it. But early on, what they did get was credibility. What they did get was able to like, you know, talk to licensors, um, licensees rather. um, And, you know, uh, distributors that they normally wouldn't have been able to talk to. because "Hey, Hey, we got Hulk Hogan. TNA would be like, and I love Christian. I love a lot of these guys. But they're like, hey, we got Christian and Ken Anderson. And, like, people aren't going to know who that is. Um, AEW needs to go after guys like CM Punk. AEW needs to get grab a guy like Goldberg. Like, Jericho's great. But, like, you need to get, like, like, Jericho's not Hogan. It's not the same thing. Punk would be Hogan. The Rock would be probably bigger than Hogan. You're not going to get The Rock. I don't expect that. But, like, no. you need to look You need to look outside the box and just get, like, top dudes. You need to, like, try to get John Cena and Randy Orton, which I don't know. Maybe they'd be into I don't know. But, like, you need to really go for, like, top guys. Like, don't waste your time saying, like, <laughs> oh, like, like, let's get the Revival. Like, I love the Revival. If They go there, great. But the Revival can't be your main signing. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat>
0: Right. Well, the Revival going there, that'll make us happy, the wrestling fans. But how do you get those outside eyeballs onto the product? That's the question. And the Revival aren't going to do that.
1: Yeah, no, they're not. They're going to build out the middle, the mid card. They're going to have great matches. And I think they'll be very important if tag teams are going to be a focal point. However, you do need to get like you do need need to get casual eyeballs. And like there are certain guys that there's not too many of them out there. You know, Um, there's very few. And they're going to have to actually pay for those. And it seems like they are. It seems like they're going to do that. Kenny Omega is, is I, I don't think he's, um, he's like a CM Punk level guy as far as name recognition. I do think he's a dude that is, can be a top guy and say, hey, this isn't a WWE guy. We got him. He came to us, not WWE. I think that's important too. So I think Kenny Omega is a guy like that. If they do get him, I think they will. That's important. So um, yeah, I, I think they got to be very strategic but I, I think they have a lot going for them too.
0: Yeah. Uh, they've got a lot of momentum right now. And it's, all the buzz so far is positive. So I wish them all the best. Uh, Cause I think if we can get like, and I don't need them to top WWE necessarily, but if we can get like a really strong WCW level number two. I'm all for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Um, learning from mistakes and uh, you know, you know, doing things differently. Um, I think that's it, though. I think that's our major topics for today in our hour, right? I think we're, yeah, I think we're good. Nice return. return yeah, it was rock. a good return. We're going to try to be here as regularly as we can, but, you know, life happens. So, um, everybody, uh, we thank you, as always, for your support. And for uh, myself, Eric Clancy, and Mr. Patrick Kelly, we are